0: Hi, this is the 11th Annual Earth Day Celebration presented by Milwaukee Riverkeeper and City of Milwaukee's Environmental Collaboration Office. Stay tuned for music and special guest interviews and be sure to stop out to the Harley-Davidson Museum April 23rd, noon to three.
1: Now, on to the show.
0: All right. Welcome, everyone, to another Wisconsin Drunken History. This is a special. Oh, yeah. For Earth Day, yet again. With Rock the Green. We are partnering with friend. our friends, Rock the Green, Lindsay. She is absolutely phenomenal, runs a great organization there. Everybody that's involved is phenomenal to work with. Um, this uh, this is, of course, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We want to start that. Uh, I am uh, your host, Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, we are, again, just continuing on uh, from episode 33 with this one, uh, basically just an extension of the Harley episode. Uh, this is part two. You know, we kind of teased it how many, you know, months we, we've ago. We've been talking about it a long time. This yeah. one
1: is going to be a little bit longer because I'm going to wrap up Harley's history.
0: Yeah, so this is basically the uh, the rest of Harley's history from World War One uh, to basically present day. Exactly, We're, it's condensed. It, you're not going to get everything that you need here to to be a Harley expert, but god damn it, that's exactly what happens every time, right? So this is exactly where we want to be. Uh, Harley is uh, a, a staple of Wisconsin, and some of the things that they're doing, which we will talk about later, uh, very soon here uh, about their. They're uh, electric type, type stuff. Which, yeah.
1: So, they, what they get the live wire motorcycles in, and you and were then telling me about
0: e, the serial E
1: yeah, right? Yeah, the serial
0: cool. one e are are great. And so we're gonna we're gonna touch on a little bit of that, which brings us right into, you know, this this era that we're in, which is more of a environmental conservative. You know, we want we want the earth to be as healthy as possible, and we want to live and be a part of this thing forever. So. Yeah. Um, it's important for us to start thinking of that and fossil fuels are, uh, are, are a thing of the past. We need to get smart about what we're driving and what we're doing along with, you know, uh, Hey, not drinking plastic uh, bottles and, and things every day, yeah. you know, Hey, get yourself a nice uh, hydro flask. Fill that thing with water every day. It's it's going to be better for you, but also better for the environment.
1: So when I when I when I am a millionaire, Eric, um, yeah, are you going to help me develop the uh, LG reactors I've been talking about?
0: I mean, I don't even know what they are, but yeah. So, if it, does it make me Iron Man?
1: So th- these are like this is the one thing. Like if I had the money to do it, I would design these. So basically, they're just so when you're on a spaceship, LG is a lot of is what's actually powering the oxygen inside of a lot of these space crafts correct sure. so you're getting that oxygen rebuilding and it absorbs all the co2 and the release of your thing but then it's Got also it. producing it's basically like what a tree does but what i want to do is make an lg reactor which is pretty awesome and i'm gonna i'll get into it one of these days with you and we'll talk about it but it's yeah. been on my list if i was ever a millionaire i would start developing an lg reactor
0: hey i'm so, in man okay so this again uh you know harley davidson rich history uh in wisconsin uh, great Milwaukee company oh, of course uh, I let mean, me legendary the I mean... face the face of so many different projects too uh, and then of course I mean pretty much anybody who's anybody who rides motorcycles they love Harley-davidson yeah uh, legendary product, so. yeah, and it's
1: it's so hard to cover all of Harley. So like, I had to dis like not include a lot of the stuff, like actually like the Rebel Motorcycle Clubs or you know just um, right Buell Hell's Angels and Buell. Things like I mean, that, it's yeah. mainly just Harley's timeline, and it's so hard yeah. to sum these things down. We talk about this every episode almost.
0: Well, and the Eric Buell Corporation and stuff. We'll yeah. uh, we'll talk about that on another episode. I think a little bit. Yeah, but. I
1: hope we can because I know you were saying that Buell might be coming back to East Troy.
0: Yeah, I believe. Eric uh, he bought back the rights to the name and, and everything so I think that that might be something that happens kind of near our hometown again uh, hey Earth Day we want to we want to mention too though uh, Rock the green is doing a great special uh, and and they're featuring music from a, an amazing band Bendigo Fletcher uh, they are absolutely phenomenal uh, it, it is so uh, contagious their music makes me want to uh make music it makes exact, me want to yeah. get behind the instrument i just love everything that they're doing and so you can hear bendigo fletcher you can also hear V funk which man we Russ and that. i rocked oh, out to them at third space i was dancing it up. i mean it was crazy such good music and, and and everybody there has such great musicianship and they play some of the finest music uh, uh mostly covers uh, and and uh, this stuff is, is reimagined in a way that will get you moving. I guarantee it. So this is all happening, actually, downtown Milwaukee at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Uh, that is uh, April 23rd. It's a Saturday. Uh, that is coming up very soon here, so make sure to be there. It is from noon to 3. And like I said, Harley-Davidson Museum... Uh, Bendigo Fletcher V Funk bring in music that uh, is just absolutely infectious and groovy and then on top of all of that you're going to have some great vendors Uh, you're going to have some amazing things to teach you about environmental uh, 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 ways to be better you know just a, a better human on this planet earth. Exactly. So, and,
1: and as of right now, I think we're both planning to head down to the Menominee yeah. river Valley and be down there. So if you want to come and
0: meet us and uh, talk to us, we're, we're all ears. We'll be down there as well. So it's definitely something that you should stop out and see again. That's uh Saturday, the 23rd uh, and uh, noon to three amazing, amazing stuff coming out of there. And we will definitely be uh, in person for at least a little while and rocking out and hanging out. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in, Russ, on this uh, on this fine Harley-Davidson episode.
1: Yeah, so I got a lot of info here to cover, so uh, bear with me and buckle up. So if you haven't already listened to, uh, be sure to go back to episode 33 where you can learn about the original Davidson brothers and uh, their contribution to the original Harleys that first came out. Um, and it, you also, if you go back, uh, Russ Klish from Lakefront was on that episode.
0: Yeah, we did interview Russ Klish, uh, famous Lakefront brewery guy.
1: But where we left off is where they were dis, uh, dismantling the uh, yellow brick factory, the old Juno avenue factory i believe it was it was yeah i
0: think that's exactly where we left and off. and then yeah. we're
1: heading into the world war one era when they were actually contributing to world war
0: one right 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 making sidecar motorcycles yeah. and stuff so in
1: 1917 um obviously the united states enters world war one and uh, demand for motorcycles started growing and the british were already producing some at the time including the model h uh which is triumph for those that don't know
0: yep triumph motorcycles. around
1: 1915 and the U.S. military actually purchased 20,000 motorcycles from Harley-Davidson for the war effort.
0: Yeah, it was a big contract for them.
1: And Harley launched a line of bicycles in 1917 in hopes of recruiting more domestic customers for its motorcycles, including the traditional diamond frame men's motorbike, which was like a step-through frame, um, the ladies' standard, and uh, Boy Scouts for the youth, a Boy Scout model. Yeah,
0: so those are all going to basically look exactly like your normal bicycles, and then there's just going to be a motor mounted and, and uh, uh, hanging in between that diamond frame, like you would see, uh, like I said, with most bikes.
1: Yeah, and the effort was actually discontinued in 1923 because of disappointing sales. Um, but obviously, this company is still doing okay, just due to all the money they made during World War One selling those motorcycles. Right. Um, the bicycles that were actually being built for Harley Davidson were not actually manufactured in um, Wisconsin, but uh, Dayton, Ohio, by the Davis um, Machine Company. And they're manufactured from about 1917 to 1921. Um, and that's that's when actually Davis just stopped making bicycles altogether. And, dude, the sales weren't going very well either.
0: Yeah, yeah. So by, you know, the 20s, it was, you know, yeah. over. I mean, by
1: 1920, though, Harley-Davidson was still the largest motorcycle manufacturing in the world with 28,189 machines produced in dealers in 67
0: countries. Which is huge. Think about that. That's in a lot of motorcycles. That's Almost 30,000 motorcycles are produced.
1: Yeah, and in 1921, Otto Walker set a record on a Harley-Davidson at the first motorcycle to win a race at average speed greater than 100 miles per hour, which is pretty incredible that these machines are producing it. From when we're talking about, the original pedal bike, super small CC motors. And
0: still wild to think that you would want to ride a motorcycle going that fast.
1: Exactly. And, you know, they're making a lot of improvements, um, including larger motor sizes. Um 74 cubic inch V-Twin um, was introduced in 1921. Uh, the teardrop gas tank, which is like everyone iconic. knows. Yeah, it's iconic. In 1925, the front brakes were actually added because there was only a lot of rear brakes in the original ones. Kind of like your right. bicycle. Like there's just like a grip pedal and it just two pads that squeeze two the tire. Two pads that squeeze the tire. yeah. Exactly. And in the summer of 1929, um, they introduced their first uh, flathead V-twin, which is one of their great very motors. iconic. If yeah. you go to
0: the Harley Davidson Museum, you can actually hear, uh, not only see but also hear some of these uh, iconic motor raps. You know.
1: Yeah, and this became known as the D model, which was produced from 1929 to 1931. Um, and Indian and Harley have a lot of um, parallel things yep. going on, so they actually did use some of these um, motors on the on some of the old Indians as well. And obviously, the Great Depression came. Um, we all know, not good for America, right?
0: Not great for uh, a lot of the manufacturing. No, uh, a absolutely lot of, not. A lot of farming was was uh, really really hindered at this time too.
1: Yeah, and so you know, from 1929, before the pan, like uh, before this like pandemic uh, depression, there were 21,000 units sold. But after the depression, there were only 3,700 models sold, which is pretty massive drop for That's sales. A hu-
0: yeah, exactly. That's a huge cut cut down, you know.
1: But Davidson did unveil a new lineup in 1934, which included a flathead engine and an art deco styling, which is actually a really cool bike. And I'm hoping we can pull some of these so you can see them. They're just really cool.
0: Yeah, we will definitely put... Uh, we'll make a post uh, with, you know, a few different pictures of of uh, these twenties bikes all the way on.
1: Yeah, and so, like to survive the depression, they kind of diversified, like breweries and other things. Um, and they actually manufactured industrial power plants uh, based on motorcycle engines. Yeah. So they're producing power just to kind of supply power during the era, and yeah. just to make some make some money on top of it. And they also made a delivery vehicle, which is. Very few still in existence called the Survey car, which uh, remained until production until 1973. But you're not going to see very many of these on the road because a lot of them have been just kind of scrapped or demolished at this
0: And, time. and they. I mean, arguably, just you know, they they corroded over time. There wasn't much left of the ones that even are yeah. found in any of the you know the the salvage yards or anything, or at these old farms that might have you know h- housed one in a barn. You know, the, you hear about uh, these old car uh, finders uh, doing barn barn finds, yeah, um, probably at your dad's house. Um, but you know, th- a lot of these ones are are so badly you know tarnished that. Uh, there's not much left of them.
1: Yeah, and in the mid '30s, they actually opened um, a production line in Japan um, from with the help of uh, Alfred Rich Child, which was a the 74 cubic inch VL. And wow. um, yeah, they they served in its with Harley in 1936 and continued manufacturing of VL under the Rikao name. Yep. I think it's how you pronounce it. it's Japanese. So not that yeah, clear.
0: it's I mean Roku, whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs>
0: it's something, but uh, really cool that. Uh, that that I guess that was a, a piece of the history, you know.
1: Yeah, and so like in 1930 to about 1945, a dealer in Texas actually helped develop the 80 cubic inch flathead engine, and it was added to the line in 1935. Um, by which time the single cylinder molars have been discontinued, so now they're mostly just using V twins, the flathead, panhead, right? You know. Um, <clears throat> and in 1936, um, the knucklehead OHV or overhead valve engines were introduced, which is a
0: huge uh, advancement.
1: Yeah, and the, so the, they did have some initial uh, issues with the valve trains, and uh, they did have to do some redesign and uh, retrofitting a lot of some of them that didn't work out so well with a new valve train. Well, that's why
0: you never buy the first year exactly. you know, of They're, a new technology.
1: Basically, the first some of the first developments. Yep. And uh, by 1937, the Harley-Davidson um, flathead engines were equipped with uh, dry sump oil recirculating systems. And uh, that's when the one introduced the knucklehead, basically. Like, yeah. and that's like such a legendary engine. I mean, when it comes to motorcycles, the knucklehead,
0: which you know, V twin is probably the one that gets the most uh, uh, talk. You know, everybody and, and anybody really that that looks at motorcycles, they can they can spot a V twin uh, just by looking at it because you you do get that V look. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and these knuckleheads are uh, are are really a, a fantastic. And and all of these are like pieces of art, as as Russ and I mentioned. We'll post pictures, but these things are literally just works of art.
1: And to boost the company again, um, obviously World War II is massive. Um,
0: it, yeah, it's such a large portion war, of history. I was just going to say, wartime always brings a uh, great, uh, great industrial uh, uh, boom for for most of these companies because they do have to uh, essentially, you know, every, everything manufacturing wise goes then towards those war efforts. So companies like Harley-Davidson can really uh, expand because their motor efforts will, will go right directly to things that have to be shipped to the war.
1: Exactly. And so Harley, the probably one of the most iconic bikes you see is the military olive green with the brown saddle yep. seat. Um, and it is actually a, a copy of the BMW R71, the XA model is what it was actually known right. as. But it was copied from a BMW to kind of get the same look and feel. And one of only two American uh, cycle manufacturers survived the Great Depression, actually. So most of the other ones went under all these other small ones that right, were going on. Right, And uh, Harley-Davidson, due to the war effort, produced a large number and resumed c- civilian production as well because they now have the funding to start making these again. Um, and Harley-Davidson in the eve of World War II is already supplying the Army with military-specified versions of its 45-cubic-inch line and the a in the case um, stood for army actually so the wl line which yeah. was the one so they went to wla line which is the the wl army version right right upon the outbreak of the war the company along with other manufacturing enterprise shifted to war work more than 90,000 military motorcycles mostly the wlas which we talked about and the wlc's which are the canadian version the c standing for canadian obviously right right were produced and uh, provided to the allies um, and they actually received a lot of awards for these for their war efforts, in, uh, one in 1943 and the other in 1945, which were awarded the excellence in production. And uh, Harley-Davidson produced the WLC for the Canadian military shipment to the Soviet Union under the Lend-Lease program, and a number of about 30,000 of them made it to the uh, Russian front. Wow. And generally in 1942, serial, uh, the serial numbers and the war production kind of started to end um, but they resumed in 1950 just due to the Korean War starting to come up again yeah. with the Cold War going on. The US, US Army also asked Harley Davidson to produce a new motorcycle with many of the features of the BMW's side valve and shaft driven R71. And uh, Harley Davidson did kind of copy some of the engine and reverse engineered some of the design. And uh, the 750cc 1942 Harley-Davidson XA was starting to be produced at this time.
0: Which is huge. That's just 750cc for a bike is pretty wild. I know it gets really large now, but 750cc is fast.
1: Oh, yeah. And this this really, like, it was basically all new for Harley. So they weren't you cross-referencing parts. These were all new reverse-engineered oh, par- oh, parts. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. This is, I mean, it, this is a, a, the frontier, man. Like, they're, exactly. they're literally creating as they go.
1: And eventually, like even though they're still producing these, obviously Jeep is probably the most famous one for being World War II. The really iconic, yeah,
0: Jeep. Jeep, Yeah, exactly. And and those things could be dismantled and re reassembled in like four minutes. There's groups that still go around that can uh, uh, completely dismantle a, a wartime Jeep, like World War time Jeep. And then uh, uh, rebuild it in like seven minutes or something like that.
1: Yeah, and actually this this one that was actually produced for the military is actually the only shaft-driven Harley-Davidson that was ever made. For a shaft-driven, A shaft-driven wow. driven one, yep. So this Instead was the only like one. Instead chain drive? Yeah, chain drive is usually the ones that they use currently, or belt-driven. Belt-driven. They use driven. A, a belt-driven, a, a yeah. pretty big wide belt that actually sits on the pulleys. Yeah, that's crazy. Which gives it a lot of torque if you do use a belt.
0: Shaft-driven, I would imagine, is weighty. It's uh, big. Big, girthy, uh, heavy.
1: Yeah, and actually, um, after the um, after kind of the war, the they made a, these small Hummer sports cycles, and these were designed after a German mo- motorcycle, the uh, DKW RT 125, which adapted manufacturing sold from about 1940 to 1966, and uh, yeah, it was kind of one that was not many made, um, but they do they you still can find some of these once in a while.
0: Yeah. I'd imagine a lot of these are probably pretty difficult to find uh, anything to do with. uh, um, I mean, literally from the 40s or 50s to now, I mean, those things would have to be in immaculate condition.
1: Yeah, and to save a little bit of time here, because they did make a lot of other little smaller bikes and stuff too, like the Harley Sprint or... You know th- just some of these other ones like the m65 rapido some of these smaller lightweight two strokes kind of engines we're going to kind of skip over that yeah. and kind of get into the next phase where they kind of started getting like a more of a tarnished reputation of like having not very quality stuff and yeah. this was with the cell to basically uh, amf okay and, and this is kind of in 1960 uh, Amer- is that american motor uh, american machine and foundry machine and on that foundry yep. okay and they sold in 1969, and uh, they, they really streamlined production, kind of made lower-quality bikes, and uh, they cut a lot of the labor, and, you know, they were basically inferior in performance. I mean, I do like their uh, – they did have an Enduro, and, yeah, it's a crappy bike, but I've always wanted one.
0: I think they look really cool.
1: They do. Yeah, they really do. And they ended up making, like, other things in this line as well, um, making the um, – uh, snowmobiles, um, some of the other, like the golf carts in this era, the AMF era, when they were yeah. making other things. And, uh, yeah, so after that, the, uh, the uh, nicknames for these became the Hardly <laughs> Abelson, Hardly <laughs> Drivable, and Hogley Ferguson. And the nickname Hog actually was a prerogative, like a bad name. It was bad. It. Yeah, it wasn't they, a good thing, but they, but they turned later But they turned yeah. it, yeah. And so the early 70s saw an introduction of uh, – the Japanese motorcycles coming to Amer- uh, America and revolutionizing the market for cheaper, better which, performance. Which
0: truly ruined uh, a lot of the American manufacturers for a while because uh, parts or uh, man- uh, motorcycles that were manufactured uh, in the Far East were a lot cheaper. Uh, and and so cheaper to, to produce, especially seventies keeping the cost low for you know people to buy the Suzuki's, Kawasaki's, oh, yeah. and uh, Honda's and stuff. And those ones, you know, also came with kind of that idea of uh, longer lasting.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they were kind of known for being more efficient, like better developed at this time. And in because the selling out to AMF and cutting that quality that Harley had originally, it just kind of took a tarnish there on the reputation
0: a little bit. And 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 that's because. A lot of times these companies uh, were, were trying to be as lean as possible. Fewer, fewer people, fewer cost to produce, uh, uh, much less uh, uh, in terms of, of all of those individual things, manufacturing uh, in, in all aspects, the, the quality of the product, but also the amount of people doing work on it would, would then uh, sell for a higher price, g- garnering a larger profit.
1: Exactly. And
0: Be- being lean. Yeah,
1: know? the seventies and eighties. And I I mean if you look at if you go look at used bikes right now, I'm sure you're gonna find a Honda C B or old Suzuki or Yamaha. They were such a large seller because they're good bikes. Right. Like they were actually good and competing with AMF at the time, which was making lower quality bikes, yeah, for the price you could get a Honda for way cheaper, right? right. So people are gonna go for the Honda. But in 1977, they did produce the uh, Liberty Edition to commemorate the Bicentennial of America in 1976. Sure. And we actually did post one of the uh, advertisements on our social media, the actual commercial that they released. We did. That. And yeah. that was a pretty successful AMF bike. Um, but eventually, AMF did sell the company in 1981 to a group of 13 investors led by Vaughn Beals and Willie G. Davidson. So it's going back into the Davidson name. It's coming for right about, back home. For about $80 million. Yep. And the new management pr- team improved product quality, introduced new technologies, and adapted just-in-time inventory management or like just fast-paced Kanban type it's like system. The For-
0: it's like the Ford, uh, you know, uh, assembly line. That was a, a, you know, almost like a patented thing. Like Ford's assembly line back in, you know, the early uh, 1900s was something that most, you know, vehicle manufacturers started to kind of reproduce. Same with this uh, uh, just-in-time uh, inventory kind of management. It's something that Harley had, had uh, adapted to uh, and created, I think, and then uh, other other places started to kind of run with that too.
1: Yeah, and think about it: Toyota developed the Six Sigma, like exactly. the lean manufacturing. Lean Six Sigma, yep. yeah. Lean Six Sigma. So, I mean, they th- these companies were way ahead, and to compete, they had to adapt that type of because you're reg- dealing
0: with really large manufacturing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you know they they just kind of came up with new strategies to compete with like the Japanese designs that were coming right. out. Right. And they they exploited the retro appeal of Harley Davidson's models, right? So, you know, you're, you're kind of getting back into that, like, hey, we are this tough brand. We've had these motorcycle gangs. We're awesome. Like, well, come we used to us, do you know. dirt track racing. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, we're coming back with quality stuff again. We're uh, not we're not making AMF running
0: anymore. running uh, uh, booze, you know, over borders and stuff, and like, yeah. So really, really tapping into that retro yeah, appeal. And
1: at this time, they're they're keeping it retro, but also buying some new stuff to make these bikes a little more modern. Like one thing they did was a subshock cantilever swing arm rear suspension design, yeah. which are actually designed by uh, Bill Davis. And uh, they put it into their Softail series in uh, 1984 with the uh, FX-ST Softail.
0: Because it feels nice on your buns, man.
1: Yeah, and in in response to the possible motorcycle market loss due to the aging baby boomers, which I think they're still facing now, but they are moving with the times currently right, trying right, to keep right. up. Um, so they they did a lot of things for that, and you know to keep up with that, they uh, they made. Um, a luxury motorhome manufacturer, Holiday Rambler, 1986, and in 1966, sold Holiday Rambler to uh, the Monaco Corporation. But they're just trying to diversify their portfolio, right, because of the boomers kind of leaving. So they're just diversifying the Harley portfolio. Right. The Sturgis model, boasting a dual belt drive, was introduced initially in 1980. and was made for about three years. This bike was then brought back for a commemorative model in 1991. And with 1990 coming in, the introduction of the, the introduction of the Fat Boys. Like one, is, of the, one of the my most dad iconic ones. two one. of them. Yep. I mean, he loves that one. One of the most
0: iconic bikes.
1: And heart, they eventually became the sales leading in the heavyweight yeah. um, models that were being made at the time. And uh, yeah, so then 1971, uh, Aramachi, um Harley-Davidson, Tourism Voleche. And in 1960, the uh, consolidated 165 Hummer lines and the Super 10 introduced the topper scooters. So they're kind of diversifying again, right? Absolutely, yeah. You, you got to just keep doing that. and You uh, got to
0: be fluid. You got to go with what's what's there and, and what's needed and, and what people are demanding, you know?
1: Exactly. It's just kind of changing with the times. And like at this time, like the kind of the, the smaller scooters were kind of coming out just to compete with like the Vespas. The Vespas, and, yeah, the Italian exactly. scooters. Exactly. Yep. But eventually they would be discontinued, like the passer and the Scat model, yeah, which is yeah. an awesome name for a bike. The get,
0: Scat, and and actually you can go and sit on a Scat at the Harley Davidson Museum. Yeah, yeah. I have a picture on which one.
1: is really cool that they like did try to compete with other things and diversify like their profiles. So, at the Fat Boy technology, so we're going back to the Fat Boy. The Fat Boy technology um, actually became was was the name of the uh, combination of the atomic bombs Fat Man and Little Boy. It's how they got the name for the Fat Boy.
0: Oh, I thought it was yeah. actually just like they saw Eric Sturgeon hanging out. But
1: I guess this has been debunked. Um it actually comes from the ex uh the observation of the motorcycle being wider. So that was like the rumor, I guess. So like this one's made. just
0: a wider bike, a wider exactly. a wider track and and so you, you know, they they just named it Fat Boy.
1: And I mean today, I mean just think of all the lines they have now like the Sportster, Fat Boy, Softail. There's a lot of them.
2: Yeah.
0: And
1: actually, in 2003, they celebrated their hundredth year anniversary, and uh, I was able to see Elton John, which was awesome. But they also had Doobie Brothers, Kid Rock, and Tim McGraw.
0: Hey, John, all the
1: Elton John was a weird consideration for them because it's kind of like I thought it'd been like Steppenwolf or something, didn't you?
0: Like the only one out of that whole thing I don't like is Kid Rock.
1: Yeah, the Doobie Bros
0: are sweet. Tim McGraw's kind of I'm actually huge. Country. I'm huge on Elton John and the Doobie Brothers. Tim McGraw, I could take or leave, but Kid Rock, I'm just not a fan of
1: you not, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Kid Rock. No. So, construction started at $75 million for the new museum, and it's a 100,000, 130,000 square foot uh, museum in the Men- Menominee River Valley. And a it' a beautiful actually, building. Too. Oh, yeah. And it opened in 2008 um, when the public could actually go in. And uh, it's just an amazing place. It has a corporate archives, restaurant, cafe, meeting spaces, and all that. So, I recommend if you guys haven't had a chance to check out the Harley Museum, um, please do. It's actually where the event is taking place that we're talking about and why we're featuring Harley today.
0: Yeah, I mean, and honestly, it just makes sense, too, because of a a couple of the other things that we're going to talk about in in the later part of this episode, too. Yeah, and like we talked about, there was some
1: overseas production um, in Australia, Japan, and we're not going to get too big. uh, There was actually one in Brazil, which isn't very well known, but they had a production in Brazil. And, um, yeah, even in India, I believe they had a plant, an assembly plant in India as well. Sure. But I don't want to get too into that because I think a lot of this side stuff is for another episode, like the Beole... Um, Some of the overseas Harley-Davidson. But here's what we want to get into today and why we're featuring Harley-Davidson in our Earth Day special. We're talking about the LiveWire. And uh, it was actually released in 2019 as an idea. As their first electric vehicle, the highest voltage battery provides a minimum city range of 98 miles per hour or 98 miles um, to the charge. Yeah. Um, the LiveWire targets a different type of customer than their classic V-twin powered motors. And in March 2020, a Harley-Davidson LiveWire was used to break the 24-hour distance record for an electric vehicle, which is pretty awesome. It actually traveled about 1,079 miles in 23 hours and 48 minutes. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And yeah, so today they're actually starting, and this 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 thing is like kind of becoming their new To kind of get on board with what's going on with changes with the environment and everything, yeah, and it's valued actually at 1.77 billion, so it's a pretty big company and it's going to probably take off in the next few years here, especially with the changing demographics. And everything, and Eric, can you talk to us a little bit about the um, electric bicycles that are coming out? I'm just kind of curious about yeah. those. This I wanted this is to touch. To me.
0: I wanted to touch a little bit more on the Livewire One, uh, one of one of obviously uh, Harley's expansion bikes uh, assembled uh, by Harley Davidson in the USA. Yeah, yeah, they are super fast charging, so you can get a, a 80% DC fast charge in 40 minutes on one of these electric live on wire one bikes? of these electric wa- cool. Livewire bikes. What's about the speed? You can get zero to 60 in three seconds. Not bad. That's fast as hell. Oh, yeah. The best thing that I can say about these things is 146 miles on a city. It's not too bad. And uh, about 95 combined. So like an
1: average, like they said, city in our, and country. 96 yeah. in our article here, so
0: really great distances. If you're a person that wants to get into, to motorcycle riding, or you already have been motorcycle riding and you don't have that big of a commute to work, these are amazing things to have, uh, create zero emissions and, uh, fast charging. So even if you're at work and you've, maybe you had to drive, you know, I don't know, 40 or 50 miles to get to work, which, you know, most of the time isn't, is isn't a commute that most people make, but even if you had to, most places have the ability to hook up to a DC fast charge. Yeah. So,
1: so one thing too, I know we were talking about you know how like it's cool because Harley used to be a bicycle and a motor combination. So can you talk to us a little bit too about the 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 bikes that are coming out?
0: Yeah. So uh these are called the Serial One, uh, which is powered by Harley Davidson. Uh, these are your, your more typical bike it's a bicycle and so uh, you can pedal it uh, but also you can uh, use a a small electric motor that actually powers the bike as well.
1: And how fast can these roughly go to? Like, twenty eight be...
0: miles per hour. Oh, that's not bad at all for that's like great.
1: especially in the city. Like it's in perfect. the city that's perfect.
0: Yeah, you're only you're only experiencing twenty five miles an hour generally thirty miles per hour and these can handle pretty much all of that uh, and they're great sleek stylish looking bikes, uh, and, 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 around the city of Milwaukee, I guarantee, you know, that the, these are great bikes. Yeah. I, I agree. Mean, it's a, just awesome that Harley's product. kind
1: of moving to the next generation too, and kind of continues to develop
0: and, and, and just like we've talked about in this, in this episode, and even in the previous episode, you know, pre world world war one, we're talking about a company that is allowed, uh, to move fluidly with the times. Yeah, exactly. They they constantly are dealt a blow that could potentially be dismantling uh, and and disastrous for a company. And then they they say, you know what? We're not going to allow this to ruin us. We're gonna we're gonna move with this. We're gonna move with this and and conform to it. And that's exactly what's happening now. Fossil fuels. Gasoline prices, all that stuff, crude oil prices have driven, you know, motorized uh, uh, internal combustion engines to be uh, not the not the most uh, uh, efficient vehicles. Right. And so with the with the move to electric, not only safe safer for the environment but better for our pockets. Agreed. You could spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars on one of these bikes and and you could be uh moving more efficiently within the city. And then like you said with the Livewire, if you're more of that person who needs that that 30-mile commute type style, they they make a great bike for that. Exactly. And, and and that's what I love about this company is that they continue to sort of roll with the changes and uh, push through the punches that would normally maybe, you know, uh, stifle a company and be like, oh, we can't move forward with it. But you know what? Not Harley. They're one of those companies that continues to say, you know what? We've got something cooking on the back burner. You just wait. We're going to make sure to roll with that. And we're going to get you an electric bike and we're going to get you an electric motorcycle. Those are things that are absolutely key in uh, in Harley's uh, future and continued uh, success. And they're such a Wisconsin
1: staple, and I I love featuring them, and I'm glad we could wrap this up, even though this is going to be a long episode here. I'm glad we could wrap up the history of Harley. I hope you guys get a chance to go to the Harley Museum, and I someday still want to own um, an AMF Enduro. I don't care how bad people say the quality <laughs> is. That's that's one thing on my list. At some point, I'm going to buy one. But
0: Yeah, and, and again, just to reiterate, uh, April twenty third. That's a Saturday, uh, noon to three. You're going to be able to come out to the Harley Davidson Museum, which alone is an, an absolutely fantastic place. Russ and I have visited there together. Uh, I have visited there uh, numerous times before, uh, and uh, things are ever changing in that museum. They're they're bringing in newer, cooler stuff uh, for you to for you to see and witness the history. Uh, not only that, but you're going to be able to see Bendigo Fletcher. V Funk, you're gonna get great music, great food, great beer, uh right on the on the uh, on on one of Milwaukee's prettiest uh oh, sides of the city, I, I believe. Menominee River Valley
1: is like an up and coming, awesome area. One of my favorite places to go right
0: now. And you can definitely check out our Menominee River Valley special. That we again did with Rock the Green and Lindsay, Uh phenomenal, phenomenal episode uh, that was partnered with Third Space as well, uh, kind of tag teaming with their five year anniversary. Um, that was a great episode, and uh, we've had
1: other ones too. We've had the the first one, then we had another one after that. So I think there's f- going to be four specials. There's, there just there's four definitely specials.
0: enough special uh, specials for you guys to all check out and listen to. Uh, those are extended episodes, a lot of music a lot of really great stuff in there. So uh, this one, along with those ones, check it out because, again... Uh, the biggest thing is we want to we want to promote uh, uh, you know the the ability to live on Earth as long as possible, and we want to treat it with kindness and uh, and 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 be careful with what we have. This precious thing that we're floating on and spinning on is absolutely amazing, and uh, I think you know with uh, with the reduction of plastics and the cleaning up of our environment, and then also. Using the electric uh, vehicles is definitely a huge part of what our future is going to hold. And uh, and I know just recently they also passed a thing that by 2023, all new production internal combustion engines have to have a uh, miles per gallon, I think, of uh, at least 50 that Mm. was signed. And and, uh, so that's coming up very soon. So let's stay tuned right now. Let's actually roll to a Bendigo Fletcher song. All right, so as promised, Bendigo Fletcher, they are the highlight feature band of this year's Rock the Green Earth Day special. Uh, And and again, that is going to be April 23rd, noon to 3, down at the Harley-Davidson Museum in Milwaukee. Bendigo Fletcher is an absolutely amazing alternative rock band uh, with, that, with bluegrass hints in it exactly. with a banjo and stuff. And the, this is the first time we're stepping
1: out of our comfort zone in this one. Yeah. We're going to uh, Louisville, Kentucky on this one.
0: Yeah. So Bendigo Fletcher, uh, they hail out of the Louisville, Kentucky area. And again, I mean, they just make really, really infectious music that's uh, that's just really, really good. I mean, all around musicianship is top notch here. It's great.
1: Uh, the songs are catchy. They're just yeah. really amazing.
0: And they are, 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 featured in this not only in this event but like i mean they're just so good and and they have uh, a major label deal uh these these guys are, are going places and uh you're going to hear more of them throughout this episode uh but to really kind of bring it in we wanted to go with uh a, a song off of their most recent release uh this was uh released back in uh, august of 2021 uh, the uh, actual album that it's off is called Fits of Laughter. Uh, and the song that we chose is literally the first track off the album, Sugar in the Creek. Right. So today we are here with Chris Noyce and he is the chairman of the board for the Wisconsin uh, chapter of the uh, the National Conservancy. The,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Nature Conservancy. Nature Conservancy, yeah. Eric, geez louise. Yeah. But uh, Chris, yeah. So can you tell us about the uh, Nature Conservancy and a little information about it?
3: Yeah, I'd be happy to. It's, uh, it's the largest... Uh, um, conservation organization in the world. We are a global organization. We operate in 72 countries and in all 50 states. And some of the countries we work through partners. Um, our mission is to protect all land and water on which all life depends. That's uh, sort of the mission statement, which I uh, I like to repeat. Uh, it's pretty basic, but it's uh, really really important. Um, we have four specific conservation goals that we're pursuing. One is we are you know, traditionally a land trust, we protect land and, and make it available for public use. Um, that's one goal. The other now that's been developed over the last 10 or 15 years is to uh, promote food and water sustainability. Um, our third initiative is Healthy Cities, which is one of the things we're doing with uh, Rock the Green and, and Milwaukee Riverkeeper. And then obviously we have to tackle climate change, it's, uh, it's critical for our future. Um, and those are the four principal um, goals of uh, the not only the global organization, but our, our state chapter here in Wisconsin.
1: Great. Yeah, I mean, like the global warming thing is one thing that keeps me up at night. I think about it all the time. So yeah. it's great that there's people out there fighting for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and just pushing to educate uh, just the mass, uh, you know, about uh, the the, the reason why this is so important. And, um, you know, one of the things that I do, I guess, in my in my own personal life is I try to push everybody to uh, utilize uh, reusable bottles of of sorts, uh, whether that be like one of the the metal based like hydro flasks or even like uh, a reusable plastic one, like, you know, the Camelbacks or something like that but something right. that, that stops people from buying, you know, these uh buying. one-time oh, use yeah. bottled waters, you know. For sure. Uh,
3: yeah, we we have that here.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Chris, can you tell us what we
1: can do? Is just some little things maybe that we can do as citizens that we can contribute to the the cause you're you're promoting here?
3: Yeah, obviously we uh, we need financial support always, but uh, we're, more importantly, we need members of our organization. We have some twenty thousand members in the state of Wisconsin. I'm not sure what it is globally, but uh, that twenty thousand—that's a critical number. Um, uh, being aware of issues like you've just identified, um, single-use plastics, you know, unnecessary trips to the grocery store, you know, oh, uh, not. Using reusable uh, containers as much as possible, avoiding plastic at all costs, plastic bags, etc. And I think people have really gotten that message. I'm I'm 65 years old, and my biggest concern is the world that we're leaving to my children and my grandchildren. Because uh, uh, I'm not sure that our generation has done all that great a job of preventing climate change and some of the uh, some of the habitat loss, biodiversity loss, all those things. Uh, uh, we've got to keep fighting for it. And, and everybody who who supports the Nature Conservancy's mission or any other of the big uh, global environmental organizations just is critical um, to saving this planet and making it habitable for generations to come.
1: Exactly. And Chris, we're like super happy to like, get to talk to you today. And we, are you going to be at the uh, Rock the Green event?
3: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to start out uh, early in the morning on my kayak. I'm uh, fortunate enough to live on the Milwaukee River, so um, we'll paddle up to Brown Deer Road, my wife and I, and uh, we will um, uh, work our way down to Clutch Park picking up uh, uh, trash, and unfortunately, there's a fair amount of it. So I'll be doing the, the uh, Milwaukee Riverkeeper thing in the morning, and then uh, at noon, I'll be headed over to Harley-Davidson to join the uh, hopefully uh, the other thousands of volunteers that Riverkeeper uh, pulls together for this uh, cleanup day um, and enjoy some music with Rock the Green and uh, the other organizations that are supporting uh, Earth Day.
0: Now I know after all of that paddling and all the cleaning up that you're going to do uh, that Saturday morning, are you going to maybe save a little bit of energy to hop on a bike to uh, pedal the stages?
3: You know, I'm waiting for Lindsay. Um, <laughs> uh, even if put a bug in my ear to do that, I, 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 one of my passions is cycling, so uh, I, I can probably take two turns there to keep the lights
0: on. I know that generally, and I, and I know that we, uh, at, at one of the last events that we did with rock, the green, the third space, uh, five-year anniversary thing. Yep. Uh, yep. she was, she was no stranger to allowing anybody and everybody oh, yeah. to sign up for that, uh, yeah. and, and get their legs involved. So I know that Jennifer, yep. uh, from Milwaukee river keepers will also be, uh, heavy in, in trying to get volunteers to power that stage. Yep.
3: I suppose, I suppose I'll hear from her this week, that's for yeah, sure. Definitely. Uh, it's like going to a spin, like going to a spinning class, so just save it up for uh
0: for Saturday the 23rd yeah and you don't have to really burn it out either I saw some people uh, really just kind of given uh, minimal effort but you know it's just about that kind of wheels turning thing you know as long as it's uh, spinning you're creating that energy and that's really what it's about it because it's reusable and and I'm giving what I have in my body from the the stuff that I ate and giving it right back to that stage and powering uh, those musicians, which is, you know, in itself, uh, a really cool dynamic of showing uh, a, a diagram of how this reusable energy thing works.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah. It's fun to see it uh, powering that stage with uh, about uh, eight or 10 uh, cyclists uh, settling away. It's kind of fun. I mean, a lot of times you see them sitting there like, drinking a beer while they're doing it. So oh yeah. To be too, ter- <laughs> too terribly taxing. <laughs> you
0: yeah. got to carb load if you're going to do it, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got to fuel up, you know. That's exactly. awesome. And then, so I guess, where else can we find uh, the, the Nature Conservancy, and and, and where can we uh, uh, have more volunteers kind of sign up, and, and where can they find more information?
3: Yeah, the, uh, the website is nature.org. Um, uh, and, uh, I think if you go on the main page and search for Wisconsin, you can find out some about some of the Wisconsin programs. And if you, you dig deep enough, you can even find out who's on our board of trustees. Uh, uh, we've got, we're covered, uh, pretty much statewide. So it's not, it would be, a, a surprising if there were, wasn't someone that, uh, you knew serving on our board. We got a great, strong board, great staff in Madison. Our executive director is Elizabeth Kaler. She's done a fantastic job. Um, both in fundraising and in and in uh, the programs that we've uh, implemented throughout the state.
1: Great, Chris. Thank you so much. And uh, yet, yeah, we you know we are in the same boat. And I'm glad there's people like you out there fighting for uh, all the global warming and
3: issues Just,
0: we have coming up in the right. future. Taking care of the earth, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, my
3: my my, my passion. So uh, hopefully, I get a chance to meet you guys on the 23rd at uh, at the Harley Davidson Museum.
1: Thank you, Chris, so much for your time. And, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to drop some money, hopefully, into the Nature Conservancy as well. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time today to meet with us.
0: You bet. My pleasure. Nice chatting with you guys. All right, Chris, have a great day. You bet. See you later. Bye. All right. So we are joined, uh, by, uh, a really, uh, special guest today, Eric Schambarger, uh, city of Milwaukee, uh, director of environmental sustainability. Uh, and I know the last time we talked, you were, uh, working with mayor Barrett and and really close to him and, and he, uh, he is no longer with us in Milwaukee, but, uh, you have a new mayor to work with.
4: Absolutely. And, And thanks for having me on. It's great to talk to you guys. Yeah. Uh, we're really excited to have uh, Mayor Cavalier Johnson uh, taking over from Mayor Barrett, and uh, he, he's just been really outstanding to work with. And, and I think he really cares deeply about the environment. You know, when he was uh, an alderman before he became mayor, when he started, I mean, he, he sought me out and and one uh, of the ideas on on how Milwaukee could do better on the environment, and, and I know he cares deeply in uh, the Great Lakes. In, in a clean environment, uh, and he cares about the issue of climate change. So it's been uh, really great to work with him so far. And I think we got a lot of, uh, a really bright future uh, with, with him at the helm.
0: Yeah. He was a, a very obvious candidate, I think, uh, uh, to, to kind of succeed, uh, what mayor Barrett had done. And, and I'm really glad to, uh, to, to be able to see what, uh, what we have uh, as a future with him as well. So that's really great. Um, and I know the last time we had spoken, uh, we had talked about, uh, the the climate equity plan and, and just sort of what the future would, would see with Milwaukee. And I wanted to kind of touch upon, uh, what, uh, what I guess progress we've made and then, uh, and what progress you've made and then also, uh, what the uh, forthcoming, uh, issues are that you're going to handle with the climate and equity plan.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So we've been working really hard with a, a great group of citizen activists and, uh, Alderman Nick Kovac and, uh, and uh, some of the, the county supervisors to put together a series of recommendations for the climate and equity plan. Um, so we've got what we we're calling our 10 big ideas, and we presented these to the Common Council last month. And so uh, these ideas range a lot of work of what we can do to make our buildings green uh, and also our, our transportation sector and doing all of this while uh, creating green jobs. So within the building space there's a couple of things that we really want to focus on. Uh, with all of our existing housing stock, we got these, you know, a lot of great older homes in the city of Milwaukee, but a lot of them, uh, have some issues and we've got to find creative ways to, to, to fix them. And so, uh, within the existing housing stock, we're talking about, uh, uh, a green homes, uh, initiative where we would help, uh, homes, not only, uh, be more energy efficient with with things like insulation, but also coordinating those efforts with lead abatement. You know, uh, lead is a real issue in our uh, in some, a lot of our older homes, and we gotta get the lead out, uh, and while we're in those homes, we wanna make them more energy efficient. So that's that's within our existing homes, but then we also want to create new net zero energy homes. We've got um, a, a, an opportunity uh, to, to really rethink our housing stock for the next generation, and the way we wanna do that is to uh build housing components in a factory uh, ideally in century city um that would make uh, whole wall panels uh with you know we, we basically frame out a wall put in the, the windows insulation and then you assemble that on site and the idea is we can have more affordable housing um boost manufacturing again uh, and get those homes to be net zero energy so those are those are two of them and then the third one with buildings um, just back in January, Mayor Johnson signed on to a White House-led coalition uh, to establish building performance standards for our big commercial buildings. And that means um, having our uh, you know, commercial buildings set a goal to cut their energy use by 2030. And, uh, and we'll work with them on uh, making sure that happens uh, through through policy. So those are just uh, three out of the 10, uh, but those are within the buildings. and uh, And again, we're really excited about some of those.
0: Yeah, that sounds uh, incredible. I'm obviously holding uh, a lot of these newer home constructions accountable and then also the uh, older buildings, too, to be held accountable to uh, try to make them a little bit more efficient is, is key. And and like you said, we have a, a lot of these older homes and a lot of these older buildings uh, around the uh, city of Milwaukee and, and trying to make them uh, more efficient and definitely helping to, to kind of cut some of that waste is huge um what part of that is maybe uh solar or or thought about uh with that with the new you know or not new but just solar uh, energy as well
4: yeah absolutely so solar is is a big part of the equation Uh, one of our uh, proposals is called greening the grid and so much of what we're trying to do with climate change involves getting off of fossil fuels at at a big scale and so we want to have uh, continue to, to do our Milwaukee Shine solar program, which offers things like group buys, um, which brings the price down for, for homeowners. We want to continue to put solar on our city buildings like we've done with our libraries. Uh, but then we also um, want to push and work with We Energies to do solar at a much larger scale so that uh, all of our energy, electricity, is is coming from renewable energy sources. And we've I've been working very closely with, with WE Energies on a proposal uh, that would allow the city to buy uh, 25% to up to 100% of its electric power from renewable energy sources. Um, there's a lot of things within solar, uh, things that we can do to uh, make it easier to get solar uh, on, on uh, more roofs. Price of solar has been coming down. And like I said, our, our, the group buys that we offer are a great way to bring the cost down even more, where we, we bring bulk pricing uh, to, to homeowners and whole neighborhoods. Uh, and there's a, more we can do, I think, to streamline uh, the permits that you got to get for solar. So we'll be working with uh, city departments to try to make that happen as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, making it more, uh, <laughs> just more uh, uh, readily available, and then not so much, so many hoops to sort of jump through to be able to get it, you know?
4: absolutely absolutely i mean we one of the things that we try to do at eco is make environmental sustainability the easy choice you know you shouldn't it shouldn't yeah. be the difficult thing it should be the easy thing that's convenient uh for everyone to do and so that yeah like i said there's there's some things we can do to make it easier you know, to get solar uh, on roofs but also recognizing that the vast majority of people are just you know going to get their power they're just going to flip the switch and, and not really think about where it comes from and that's where it's really, really important that we're, we're working with and um, pushing the utility, uh, We Energies, to do more on, on renewable energy. And, and on that point, we've uh, formed a coalition of cities from around Wisconsin. It's called the Wisconsin Local Government Climate Coalition. Uh, we've got cities including Milwaukee, Milwaukee County, Racine, Green Bay, Eau Claire, La Crosse, Dane County, Madison, uh, Middleton, and, and other communities. And we are working together and uh, jointly advocating for improvements um, and policy improvements that'll increase renewable energy at the state level.
0: Wow.
1: Awesome. And Eric, uh, we were going to ask you: are we going to see you down at the uh, earth day event this time?
4: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're really excited that rock the green is uh, back and in, in person. Uh, you know, I was really disappointed um, when COVID hit and, and we missed, missed out, but um, it's just going to be really great to, to be back with that. And then ahead of that, uh, event will be, uh, you know, excited to support groups with the Milwaukee river cleanup. Uh, and that day will uh, Marquette university students are also going to be out and about uh, doing cleanups as well. So we're really excited to, to clean up our city, clean up our rivers and then party afterwards and oh, yeah. really celebrate the year at the rock, the green.
0: Yeah. And I hope your legs are ready to uh, pedal power, right?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Be ready to go. I've been been training. I got to get oh, get ready so- up there.
0: Yeah,
1: and yeah, thank you so much for fighting the good fight. And uh, though we're gonna miss Tom Barrett, I really look forward to the future.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know um, Mayor Barrett was great, and I was so uh, privileged uh, to work with him for all those years. And, and he he started our office. He um, was was very supportive, uh, working with the Great Lakes St. Lawrence Cities Initiative, and, and really. Uh, Kickstarting the cleanup of our rivers, and I think Mayor Johnson is going to run with that, and hopefully even expand on on these efforts because uh, we are feeling the effects of climate change now. It's not something that's just kind of you know way off in the future. I mean, the effects of it are here. We've seen the wildfires, we've seen the flooding. Uh, We've got to get prepared, and um, there's no better time than than today to get started on that. So again, we're really excited about it.
0: Yeah, the urgency is now. So. Uh, I I love it. And uh, where, if our listeners, you know, would like to learn more about uh, uh, what you and, and the office are doing uh, for the uh, for the climate change and for uh, environmental living, where can they find a little bit more information?
4: Sure, they can head to our website milwaukee.gov slash eco um, and there they'll find links to all of our programs. I mentioned Milwaukee shines. Uh, we also have our, our Milwaukee energy efficiency program that's offering uh, rebates right now for things like insulation and, um, uh, air source heat pumps. Um, we've got other programs and they can also find out about the climate plan at milwaukee.gov slash climate plan. Um, so we're really excited. We, we need your listeners to be involved. I mean, we it, to, for this to really get to scale for it to, to um, you know, happen we need to work with the community the, the our elected leaders need to hear the support from the community that it's worth investments in these kinds of things. And, uh, and together we can make Milwaukee a world-class eco city.
0: Awesome. I agree. I agree. Uh, thank you so much for your time again, uh, Eric. It's been a pleasure and, uh, I can't wait to see you down there April 23rd. Uh, we will, uh, absolutely, uh, party after the cleanup.
4: All right. Sounds good guys. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: All right. Thank you so Peace much. You. Have a great day. All right. All right, bye. All right. So after our conversations there with Chris Noyce and Eric Schambarger, uh, we wanted to go ahead and give you another taste of Bendigo Fletcher, the band that is going to be featured uh, oh, yeah. for the so actual good, Earth Day episode um, and, and uh, the Earth Day uh, uh, event planned for uh, April 23rd, noon to three down at uh, Harley Davidson Museum. Um, with Fletcher. Featured,
1: yeah. Evergreen, which is just one of my favorite songs. Yes. It's so good when we heard it, we're like, we, it's been stuck in our head since we listened to it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally just another one of those ones off of their new record. Uh, and, uh, that was released just back in August of 2021. And, uh, this one again, it's just, it, it just, it instantly was like an earworm that got oh, yeah. stuck and, and we were humming it the, the entire time. So, uh, we wanted to, uh, again, share another one with you. Well, what's crazy is
1: when I get home, I'm probably going to download all these albums because every song yeah. we've heard, it's been so hard to choose these songs. Cause there's so many backlogs. They're just so good. I, I'm going to buy all of them just so I can hear them in my car when I'm driving up here yeah. next time for the studio. So. And it's
0: just such chill, good music that uh, it's good for just about any any environment any any uh, uh you know emotional state it's just it's it's phenomenal so uh again this is Bendigo Fletcher and this one is evergreen All right, so we are here with Jennifer. She is with the Milwaukee River Keepers. Ooh. You're like the one keeping it real over there. Oh yeah, I mean, keeping
1: <laughs> keeping the lockdown on the MRV there in Milwaukee River yeah.
0: Valley. So that's
5: what
6: we're trying to do.
0: So uh, obviously, we've got a a big event coming up. Uh, with the uh, Earth Day and Rock the Green, Milwaukee River Keepers, uh, a huge event down there at the Harley-Davidson Museum. But uh, what happens early in the morning that uh, some of those individuals may not be privy to?
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we, on uh, Saturday morning, April 23rd, starting at 9 a.m. till about noon at uh About 100 different locations all over the river, watershed, Milwaukee area, all the way up to Melamine Falls, down to the south side and west. Um, We have um, cleanup sites. And so we have close to uh, about 4,000 people, um, somewhere around that number. It's quite a few that come out uh, on that morning and uh, remove Litter, de- trash, debris, um, all the unsightly things we've been seeing a lot of lately uh, and um, spend a little time beautifying our community and making it better for, for us and for the flora and fauna that live there.
0: Yeah, which is so important, uh, not only just for the the beautification process, but also for uh, the environment, obviously having those things littering the uh, the waterways and the waterfronts not a good thing it, uh, it obviously uh, hinders uh, certain natural wildlife and, and and other things too so uh, what uh, how often is this something that uh, Milwaukee River Keepers is involved in?
6: So we've been doing this for uh, over 25 years which is pretty uh, amazing uh, every year the amount of trash we remove seems to increase a little bit we remove somewhere around a hundred thousand pounds of trash cumulatively amongst all of the the people power we have going that day um we uh we do run a program that uh can can go beyond just this one day because the trash and litter seems to be never ending um And uh, it it will make its way down to the rivers with, you know, geography and wind and rain. That's kind of where the, where the, where the, where it wants to go. Um, So we do an adopt a river program throughout the year. So if people are really jazzed about this and they had a great time and they want to do more, um, they can actually adopt a section of the river and they can go out and, and take care of it um, all year long. And, you know, a clean river is a happy river that's that's the theme for this year for all times for of course um and it's, it's it's what's printed on the t-shirts that we're giving away this year so um you know we provide the gloves and the trash bags and free t-shirts and um <clears throat> some instructions and, and organization and and people can come out and 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 enjoy the day and then if they want to do it longer throughout the year they can do that too
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's not uh, like you mentioned, it's not just the the debris and and the the trash and litter that makes its way down to the the river uh, for those, you know, for those to to pick up around there. But also uh, just, you know, that that litter probably started and originated somewhere else. And so, you know, what are some good practices for individuals uh, to, uh, to help eliminate the, the litter and the garbage and the stuff, uh, ahead of time to even before it even That's, gets to the river.
6: Yeah. Yeah. That is a great question. And it's complicated. I, I have to say, it doesn't sound like it should be, but you know, our lifestyles are, are pretty throwaway. So we do, a we, we have a lot of packaging in our life. Um, and, and, you know, a, we just have, we create an extraordinary amount of trash. I think it's, you know, obvious to most, you know, there's there's a trash issue. There's a plastic issue in our world. We've yeah. got, um, you know, plastic uh, tsunami in the middle of the ocean and um, plastic's in our water, it's in our beer. Um, so things, you know, things people can do is to just really think about, um, reducing that packaging, um, we, uh, you know, and, and then also, you know, doing your best to recycle, doing your best to control your trash. And when you put your garbage out, make sure it's secure. And um, it's, it, there's some little things people certainly can do um, on a daily basis. But um, and, and it will add up for sure um, you know we also are part of a larger coalition and we help to lead this coalition called Plastic Free MKE and the goal behind that coalition is to um, reduce single use plastics and, and get to a place where we are not using so many single use plastics where we just you know get a, a plastic right. container fill it full of food and then throw it away and, and you know 15 minutes when it's something that's going to um, last forever. Every piece of plastic that's ever been made still exists. It does not biodegrade uh, very quickly, if at all, Um, certainly not in our lifetimes. And, um, you know, there's um, we are a very smart and and clever and dedicated uh, community. So we're hoping that you know Milwaukee can really take on the uh, single-use plastic epidemic in our world and and help because because that is as you say that's really where the the you know the trash is is originating somewhere else and it's making its way down to the river. It's not that people who are walking along the river and hiking on the river are dumping grocery carts and other, cra- you know, bowling, yeah. we find all kinds of crazy stuff in the river and it, <laughs> it gets there through, you know, it doesn't get there because people are trying to put it there. It yeah. gets there because of our systems. So,
1: yeah, it's not like you go to Walmart and push a shopping cart in there. Like, no. hey, <laughs> here
6: you go,
0: wherever. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: But, but, yeah. Gen- but, Jennifer, we're going to ask too, um, is there any way we can find information where we could volunteer as well or our listeners?
6: Yeah, we would love to have as, you know, more volunteers, the better. Um, if you go to our website, which is Milwaukee River Keeper, all one word, and it's singular, MilwaukeeRiverKeeper.org, you can sign up for our, our spring cleanup, and we have a map. And so you can look at the map and find a site that's close to where you'd like to go, whether it's where you live, or your friends live, or where you go to the river, or your favorite park, um these I should I, I do, I do think I should clarify the cleanups are a lawn, they're land based. They are not in the river. So just right. to be clear, you're not gonna have to <laughs> put on waders or get in a boat or right. anything like that. So um uh, but yeah, people can go to our website and sign up and, um, we, uh, we're looking forward to a really great turnout this year. Everybody's really, uh, last year was a great turnout, but we have a lot of excitement. We have a lot of people registered already. So we think this year's going to be even bigger.
1: Awesome. And Jennifer, we are going to ask too, um, are you going to be at the uh, Harley Davidson event and are you willing to dance it up with us?
6: Absolutely. Well, yeah. so we are one of the sponsors of Rock the Green because, we just throw on this huge event. We want people to celebrate and, and get to be together after they've spent all this time, you know, working to make our community better. But it just seemed so silly to put together a party that created additional waste, you know, more plastic cups and wrappers that we had to just then sort of throw away again. So plus my staff was like, you can't make us put on two events in a row. So I talked to Lindsay, who's, you know, brilliant and a good friend. And I said, you know, Lindsay, can we do a a joint, a joint Earth Day event? Can you throw a party for my volunteers? So um, she's the best at doing that, as we all know. So, um, yes, we will be at Rock the Green, and we are really looking forward to that. And, and you know, we hope our volunteers will, will join us there,
2: too.
1: Perfect. We can't wait to see you down there and uh, cut the rug with you.
0: Yeah,
6: yeah. Absolutely.
0: Are, I mean, are you going to be uh, one of the ones pedaling the stage?
6: Powering? <laughs> i'm not going to this time um i would love to uh one of these days i, I need to get on one of those bikes but now yeah. I'll, I'll be there though i'll be up on the stage saying a few things Ooh. with Lindsay too
0: exactly so. perfect yeah can't wait
6: yeah
1: but jennifer thank Wonderful. you so thank you so much for fighting the good fight and uh, doing such great things for the environment and our communities around here and uh, we really appreciate you and we can't wait to see you there and uh, maybe share a beer and some dance moves
6: Sounds great, and thanks for getting the word out for us, guys. Oh, you! really bad. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Our pleasure. All right. Well, All right, okay. we'll, we'll see you soon.
6: Sounds good. Take care.
0: All right, take care. Bye. 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 All right, so I am here with Valerie from V-Funk. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great, thank you. Yeah, awesome. Glad, uh, glad you could uh, join us. Uh, you know, I know that uh, we saw you, uh, I think, at the end of last year at the third space event with rock the green, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was such a good time. You guys put on such an incredible show.
7: Yeah. We rock the green with a little funk.
0: Yeah, it was, it was so good. And then <laughs> we had a chance to talk to Will Piper and, and uh, he, he let us know that he had sort of uh, found you and, 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 just absolutely loved you and, and couldn't, couldn't not have an event with you, uh, with you perform. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad that that happened, and then I'm really, really happy that we're going to get to see uh, more of you at uh, the Harley-Davidson Museum uh, Saturday, April 23rd. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a, uh, an idea of what, what we can expect?
7: Well, um, I was told that the power, again, would be generated by the cyclists. Um, so that was a new experience for us before, so that's gonna be cool. So I already know that so that the people that um, the cyclists are ready. So what we'll be bringing is, again, like I said, a little bit of funk, um, which includes um, old school dance music, uh, blues, R and b, a little bit of rock, so just a mixture and a variety of um, feel good, music that caters to young and old.
0: Exactly. I mean, exactly what you would need to have a great time and dance and and party, right?
7: Right. You know, so music is a healer and music is the key to a whole lot of um, what I would say like camaraderie amongst people. So it knows no gender. It knows no race. It's it's a feel. So, um, yeah, so we're looking forward to, again, bringing a little funk to Rock the Green. Um, Just happy to have uh, that connection with Ms. Lindsay, who asked us to (laughs) come back again. So just looking to have a good time for a little while. And, um, yeah, just, you know, supporting um, the whole Green Initiative.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's such a great cause, uh, and Lindsay is such a great – uh enthusiastic individual and and she does such a great job of putting this stuff on and and Mm -hmm. uh finding amazing bands to perform and and you're right with that pedal power uh it's it's kind of uh (laughs) it's kind of great you got that that built-in uh motivation even right in front of you for uh for being on stage just trying to get them pumped up and keep cycling so that way everything keeps working Yes, absolutely
7: absolutely
0: well, that's awesome. I'm really glad that uh, that we're going to have uh, the opportunity to uh, listen to you all again and see you all again as well. Uh And, and uh, like I said, April 23rd, uh, I hope all of our audience members are able to make it out and, and check out V-Funk. And uh, I know I'll be there, so I will definitely come over and, and say hi to you.
7: Absolutely. It's never too early to get a little funked up with V-Funk. Never
0: Absolutely. Too early. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, I thank you so much, and I appreciate you taking some time out and and chatting with me today. And like I said, we'll go ahead and we'll see you on April 23rd, and uh, uh, we will get funky. Make our Funko
7: be Funko. See you soon. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Valerie. Have a good one.
7: You too. Bye.
0: Bye. All right, so after those conversations that we just listened to with Jennifer and with Valerie, I wanted to go ahead and bring another Bendigo Fletcher song for you. Uh, This will be the last one for this episode, Uh, so be sure to go and check him out, check them out at the April 23rd uh, Rock the Green Earth Day event down there at Harley-Davidson Museum. Uh, Right now we're going to go right into No Smoke by Bendigo Fletcher. So we are here with Ryan of Bendigo Fletcher. Uh Ryan, you have many, many different roles in the band, I, I understand, and and uh I wanna jump right in and, and uh see how are you doing?
8: I'm doing great. We're gonna hit the road tomorrow and get back to playing live music. So we're <clears throat> I'm I'm excited and the band is excited.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, there's nothing like being out on the road and, and uh doing what you love uh, in front of uh the, the, all the all the fans, right?
8: Yeah, yeah, with yeah, we're excited to groove with everybody. It should be fun.
0: Yeah, awesome. So, what what exactly is your role uh, in Bendigo Fletcher? What is it that you do?
8: Um, I write songs and uh, on stage I play guitar mostly, and a little banjo and sing. Awesome.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, and all of those things are very difficult to do. Uh, Alone, but then to try to do them all together and simultaneously, I'm I'm assuming you've had some some practice at doing such.
8: Yeah, we've been a band for, man, you know, I always lose track of the years, but <laughs> six, six five or six years together now.
0: Awesome, yeah. And, and how um, long have you been kind of just been uh, in music yourself?
8: Um, you know, I always loved singing, so I guess. uh picked up a guitar around you know high school before high school and quickly the songwriting became a hobby along with having a guitar so i've been lucky to you know um have that connection throughout my most of my life
0: awesome yeah definitely um and and like you said you you've kind of been a, a part of this bendigo fletcher uh role and uh that's been you know five six years something like that and um I know recently you, you uh, released uh, that that debut uh, kind of big label record, and uh, we do feature a couple songs off of that in this uh, in this episode. We we're looking at "Sugar in the Creek" and "Evergreen" as well, and uh, both of those songs. I mean, the whole album is absolutely tremendous, and and uh, and and absolutely love it. But um, those two much. those two songs just really uh kind of just gravitated you know i i just sort of uh jumped into them and 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 couldn't stop humming or whistling you know so uh was there any cool. sort of uh um cool story or anything about writing uh this album
8: um you know it's kind of just a collection of um <laughs> feelings and um things i've thought about a lot In my early adult years, I guess you could say, like, there's there's about there's multiple years of experiences packed into there. So, wasn't really um, any particular kind of concept. It's just, I think a lot of the the songs on the album are um, products of of life experiences and develop developing those songs with a band. Right. really fun so um yeah just kind of kicked us off into album mode and giving us to that next step of thinking about songs as bigger collections you know
0: yeah absolutely and 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 like you said there's always kind of that uh that 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 meaning and stuff that all kind of hides in there And, and you as the artist may not even know exactly what the uh, what the main idea was, it just sort of all hit you, you know, and, and, um, yeah, I think that's well,
8: well, well put. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's all just sort of, it's buried in there and then it all just sort of comes spewing out and, 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 uh, it could be a guitar that, that really lends the, the song. And, and, and as soon as you pick it up, it just kind of just flows, you know? Um, that's really awesome. And, and like I said, we're really digging, uh, everything. We also feature in a, a little bit of the older song called no smoke, uh, which another one yeah. we just absolutely, uh, just dug right from the beginning. You know, when we started diving into that catalog, um, it, it just absolutely, uh, uh rocks. So, uh, I'm, I'm really proud to, uh, to have uh, been able to work with you and uh, that we'll be able to hang out uh, on, on uh, Saturday, April 23rd. And uh, I cannot wait for, uh, for that. And, and uh, again, it's the the 11th annual uh, earth day celebration, which is huge. And uh, uh, we're down at Harley Davidson museum. So then, and will that be your first time over at the Harley Davidson museum as well?
8: Correct. Yeah. We've, we've never played together in Milwaukee. So we're, we're really excited. Awesome. Um, and yeah looking forward to seeing some
0: motorcycles. Yeah, man, that's it's it's fun. <laughs> it is absolutely an awesome time uh, and all the history there too. So um well, hey Ryan, I really appreciate you taking time to to chat with us today. Uh and uh I cannot wait to meet you and uh to hang out and listen to you guys rock uh on April 23rd and and uh absolutely dig everything that you guys have done.
8: Thanks a lot, Eric. We're we're looking forward to meeting everyone.
0: All right, thanks so much Ryan. Have a great day. You too. Go All ahead. right. Bye. All right. So we are here with Lindsay Stevens of Rock the Green. Lindsay, how you doing?
5: Eric, I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Doing wonderful. Uh fine. Fine day today. It was uh, beautiful as always in Wisconsin. Uh, you never know what yeah. you're going to get, but today was <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. So um
5: but hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a little sunshine on uh, Saturday, April twenty third.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So uh, let's let's jump right in. I mean, the event, uh, the eleventh annual, right?
5: Yeah, eleventh annual Earth Day celebration, uh, presented by Milwaukee Riverkeeper and City Milwaukee Environmental Collaboration Office, who we've been partnering with for a long time. Uh, coming up at the Harley Davidson Museum.
0: Yeah, what a what a fun place that is too.
5: Oh, it's going to be needed. It's from noon to three, um, Saturday, April 23rd, just following uh, Milwaukee river keepers, 27th annual spring river cleanup. And it's a free celebration too.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot going on earlier in that morning with the river uh, cleanup and, and, uh, and that whole group with Milwaukee river keeper. Uh, and then this is sort of that, uh, that after party, right?
5: Exactly. Yeah, it'll be from noon to three and not only are all the uh, River val- river Cleanup volunteers welcome to join, but everybody's welcome to join. It's free and open to the public and the Zero Waste Celebration is going to feature um, a live concert on our pedal power stage, which everyone loves seeing. And uh, we're going to be having Bendigo Fletcher and Milwaukee's very own B-Funk. So we had a third space five-year anniversary back in September if you remember well yes that was fun. yeah
0: yeah those are uh some some really incredible artists too I mean that's going to be one heck of a show for everybody that comes out I mean that is uh I mean I've been uh listening to Bendigo just recently and uh I mean have really been turned on to uh you know them as as you know their catalog is huge and you know, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love it. And then, of course, V-Funk. They bring nothing but the the fun and <laughs> funk. It's it's amazing. They do.
5: They do. They're, they're a ton of fun. They really got everybody fired up at the, the Third Space event back in September. And then, you know, what else we're going to have on site is, uh, like, upwards of 25 or so um, organizations and partners of our Earth Day celebration showcasing eco-education. So we're going to have uh, – River revitalization, obviously Milwaukee Riverkeeper, um, Compost Crusader, and Bubbler Bikes—just so a whole, whole group of uh, different organizations that can learn learn about the important work they're doing and learn how you can be markering in your own life.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool uh, organizations and people to talk to that are. Really, really well educated on on better practices and and things to uh, be more uh, eco friendly and and really uh, really take care of the environment because that's the one thing that uh, we had talked to uh, and that's the message that everybody sort of keeps uh, saying is you know we we kind of want this place to be around forever you know Yeah, exactly so and, 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 we and all now's pitch the time in a
5: little bit yeah exactly we all pitch in a little bit and that has a big impact.
0: Yeah, and and you know, again, this is a, a zero waste, you know, a festival as well, right?
5: It is, it is, and it's going to be in the great outdoors at the Harley Davidson Museum, rain or shine. And we've had uh, everything un- under the sun from rain, sleet, snow, and shine, and our past ten uh, Earth Day celebrations. So we'll be out there and come on out and celebrate because you never know what Mother Nature might bring to Wisconsin in April. <laughs>
0: You never know, yeah. You blink and and uh, you could have a different climate and a whole different uh, uh, scenario with Mother Nature. So, um, oh yeah,
5: but you know what? We're from Wisconsin. We know how to bundle up and have fun too, right?
0: Exactly. We can handle. <laughs> we can handle anything. So, yeah, that'll be so much fun. I know. I, I know. I plan to stop out. I believe Russ plans to stop out, and he was actually talking about maybe kayaking uh, uh, down oh. and, and hopefully getting in there. So.
5: We know we got the pedal power stage, and we've got a few time slots um, that are still available to yeah, power the stage, and uh, we could we save a spot for you guys.
0: Yes, we <laughs> will definitely put our legs to good use. Uh, I know we yeah. haven't in the past, but we will this time.
5: Oh, yeah, okay, good deal. I know, and last year we celebrated Earth Day together. Yes. Wisconsin Drunken History and Rock the Green with uh, Trapper Shop.
0: Yes, yeah, What a what a fantastic... Uh, uh, First virtual collab experience. Virtual yeah. experience And yeah that was uh, still kind of right in the heart Of everything so yeah. this will be a little bit Different you know we got together d- During Third Space's uh, Anniversary and, and the Menominee River Valley Celebration but uh, This will be our first time really getting together For, for Earth Day uh, yeah. that, that we've actually okay. known each other Because I was at the 2012 exactly. Earth Day you that's, know celebration as okay. well So that's
5: right Awesome I'm well, awesome. looking forward to it and
0: I'm glad you know what this is our fourth podcast together isn't it Yes it is Yeah yeah this is a, a, a growing uh, relationship
5: Yes it is
0: So yeah well I can't wait and uh, and I know our our listeners will will absolutely love the event as well uh, they love good music and of course they love uh beer and Harley Davidson so uh this will be a Great perfect event Yeah yeah so awesome well i enjoy Uh, talking with you as always and uh i can't wait to see you on saturday uh 23rd uh, from uh, noon to three
5: good deal
0: all right thanks so much Lindsay. have a great day All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for
1: listening. And remember, as always, watch Watch out for deer on your way home.